0: This is the weekly sermon from Church of the Holy Trinity, a Reformed Episcopal parish of the Anglican Church in North America in Houston, Texas. Please join us for worship Sundays at 10 a.m. Visit us online at holytrinityrec.org. Find us on Facebook as Holy Trinity Houston, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram as Holy Trinity REC. Enjoy the sermon. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O oh, Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Pursue, for you shall surely overtake and shall surely rescue. This answer from God to David's question about whether or not he should pursue after the Amalekites speaks of our Lord's presence in all of our situations, even the worst-case scenario. Even in his presence, his call upon us is to act, to act faithfully through his promise, through his help. After Achish sent David and his men back to Ziklag in that last chapter, they came upon a most disheartening and horrible discovery. Already taken aback and disheartened due to the king of Ziklag or Achish sending them home, at the end of a three-day journey, they were hit with a harsh setback, their own town destroyed, and their wives and children and possessions gone. All seemed lost for David and his men. Often in the lives we live in Jesus Christ, it can seem at times as if all is lost, that the season we are enduring is unbearable. Lent every year teaches us anew how to respond to trying circumstances. This morning, let us look to the response of David to this situation through God and how we can apply such to our lives. First part of chapter 30, verses 1 through 15, speaks of David and his men encountering the devastation wrought by the Amalekites and their immediate response With all the Philistine men of war and those of Judah gone to fight each other, their cities were left wide open to other tribes and nations, such as the Amalekites. This group of people are mentioned throughout this period of Israel's history, going back to the book of Judges. They frequently harassed and sought to subdue God's people through raids and attacks. Verse 4 provides the initial reply of David and his men. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. The town they lived in for over a year was burned. As they sought to serve their Philistine master by going out with him to join the rest of the Philistines for war, their wives and their children were carried off as slaves and captives. Godly sorrow is a healthy reply to harsh events. Such things that made these men feel utter despair and complete helplessness. Their emotions echo what we read in our psalm today, especially in verse 1. With my voice, I cry out to the Lord. With my voice, I plead for mercy to the Lord. Their voices cried out to God. Next, in verse 6, we see this crying out carried to another level, though. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul, each of his own of his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. From here we see David responding in a godly manner. Instead of lashing out at those that wanted to kill him, he rather sought God and his help. Instead of running away in response, he sought God and his help. He did this through seeking the help of the priest Abiathar through the ephod. And he asked the following question in verse 8, Shall I pursue after this band? Shall I overtake them? When we go through similar moments, moments where others become upset at us for various reasons as David faced here, what, how should we respond as Christians? The normal modes that we see in the secular world are for us to lash back, or to just run away. The godly way to deal with those that have become upset with us as they were upset with David is to turn to God alone for the solution. And most importantly, as our Savior Jesus Christ demonstrated time and time again in his life and ministry to turn the other cheek, culminating at the cross of Christ. Yet it takes the work of God through sanctification upon our hearts to help us respond with grace to people's harsh reactions to us, of setting down blame upon us as they did to David. We see such throughout scripture, whether Moses dealing with the rebellious Israelites on several occasions, or David throughout his life. When sinners are hit with hard times, they invariably seek to find someone to shift any responsibility they may have to others. To meet the harshness of fellow sinners towards us, the only way full of love and grace is ta- to take to the Lord in prayer to seek his way through the trouble. God answered with the point that David would need to lead his men to overtake the raiders and that he would be successful to rescue their men or their women and children. After this response, David and his men went to rescue their people. After traveling and finding a servant of one of the Amalekites languishing in the wilderness, they found out the whereabouts of the raiders in their camp. Verses 16 through 31 of our lesson records David's act of rescue through attacking this enemy. As they went, half of their men, 200 out of the 400, needed to stay behind to guard the baggage as they were too exhausted to continue. After finding the enemy camp, as we read, David and his men attacked, destroying or driving off their enemy. They were able, with God's help, to rescue all of their women and children and to take a great amount of spoil from their enemy. As they traveled home, though, as we read, dissension again arose amidst the men of David. When David sought to give an equal portion of the spoils of war to the half of the men, the 200 that stayed behind, we read that some wicked and worthless fellows among the men protested, saying they shouldn't get anything but their women and children back. David again did the right thing in the eyes of God in reaction to the evil purpose of some by making a decree that all would receive a portion, their equal share. This reminds us of the parable of Jesus about the workers in the vineyard, with everyone that took part in the work at some level receiving the same payment, whether they worked an hour or the entire day. Not only did David fill the role God called him to be as a rescuer of his people, he also used him here to provide for his people. Our sin nature wants us to complain as the worthless fellows thinking they had the hardest job and therefore deserved all of the spoils. Yet David knew all that went forth to save their people deserved a share, from the frontline fighters to those that stayed behind to guard the baggage. Both were equally important. Both were needed. In our own history, an important battle occurred in the Civil War where Confederate soldiers from Texas went and invaded New Mexico and had a great victory at Glorietta Pass, but the one thing they neglected was to guard the baggage. And the Union troops during the battle destroyed and took all of their baggage, meaning the victory turned into defeat as the campaign was wrecked and they had to retreat. David saw the work of both groups equally important, worthy of reward. The same can be said in our lives of faith Some of us are on the front lines, so to speak, while some of us are behind the scenes, making sure all continues to run well. We all need this work of one another in the church. Paul's analogy of the entire body working together is crucial to this point. Without the hands and the feet, the head cannot get anything done. We need one another in the body of Christ to treat one another with grace and mercy as Ephesians 4.16 reminds us, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We can run into the same issues in the church with complaining about others that are not doing a worthy job that we think they should be doing, remaining back with the baggage Sometimes some of us are a bit too tired to carry on at the moment and need to be behind the scenes through prayer, supplication, and other less seen support while others are front and center and are seen. Both are needed for we all have times where we are either too tired to keep up and need to stay with the baggage or we have that energy to fight at the front. Our call as Christians is forbearance, patience, and love with one another, asking God's help to drive away slander, gossip, complaining, and all other things that seek to tear each other down. Rather, we need to ask for help to encourage, to build each other up in the church, as Paul reminds us in 1 Thessalonians five eleven. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. And further, in Ephesians 4.29, where the apostle said, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Ultimately, Jesus is our rescue. Jesus is our sole provider in a world full of disappointment. We need his help amidst our propensity to complain about others or to think that we are better than others. We need his help to instead constantly rescue and intercede on behalf of others, especially when facing those that want to do nothing but tear others down. Ultimately, David's actions and the actions of Jesus turned the hearts of worthless fellows that thought of nothing other than their selfish ambition. I encourage all of you this Lent to be content with where God has placed you and to be content with where God has placed your fellow brothers and sisters in our midst. Whether to stay and guard the baggage or to be at the forefront of the good fight. All of us are needed for a healthy body. We do not need tearing down gossip, abandonment, discouragement, and discontent. We need each other in mutual support, encouragement, and building up to the glory of God in obedience to his word. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. Amen.